Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Good Good Judgment Judgment Podcast. Podcast. Hello, folks, and welcome to this episode of the Good Judgment Podcast. I'm Wade Padgett. And I'm Tane Kell. And today we're going to address an issue that, quite frankly, keeps me up at night. Tane, you're not kidding. I mean, I think that universally our colleagues would likely, probably, maybe not unanimously, but at least overwhelmingly agree this issue is not their favorite part of the job. Yeah. Today, of course, we're talking about judicial reporting requirements. That's right. Today, we're talking about those wonderful personal financial disclosures and campaign reporting disclosures. Yay. (laughs) We're going to take that scary subject, and we're going to break it down in a way that will hopefully make it a bit simpler for you and take away some of the fear that's associated with it. And to help Tane sleep at night. Exactly. Now, Tane... We can dive right in, but they have made some recent changes to like the website, not the dates necessarily, but the website, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And everybody's going to have to register. We'll talk about that a little bit in a minute, but you do need to uh, to register on the new website at the ethics website. And all the information related to that will be uh, will be on our website at goodjudgepod.com. There you go, Wade. So let's jump on in. All right. So, Tane, let's talk first about the organizations to whom... We have to report. Now, we have uh, several different kinds of reports. So let's talk about those organizations. Really, there are two, I guess. That's right. The Supreme Court and the Georgia Government Transparency and Campaign Finance Commission. I call that ethics. I know. I I always call it ethics, too. Today, we're going to call it the Transparency Commission because that at least references what the name actually is. Nice. I know. So, Tane, with those reports, there are how many that we have to do annually? Yeah, there are basically four reports that have to be filed annually. Three of these reports have to be filed with the Transparency Commission, and one of them has to be filed with the Supreme Court. So let's start first with the things that have to be filed with the Transparency Commission. Now, Tane, these are the ones that it depends on whether you're an election year or not election year, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So tell them about the three reports that have to be filed with the Transparency Commission, Wade. Okay, so the three filings are the campaign filings, which either could be a contribution or an expenditure report. So maybe there's four. Yeah, that's that one that's a little bit more complicated because it has things like, does your campaign have any loans? Uh, You know, is there any, uh, or have you made any investments with that money? I've never really understood that one. But anyway. (laughs) Well, I I think other people are probably uh, better at this whole campaign thing than you and I are. Probably very true. But anyway, yeah, the campaign one is the first one. And then the first one we have to do every year, regardless of whether you are, are being running that year or not. That is the personal financial disclosure, which I guess, don't confuse it with a PDF. Right. That's Adobe. That's right. So it's a PFD. A PFD, personal financial disclosure. So that's the second one. And then the last is an affidavit of public officer. Now that is something that has been a little bit disputed and debated. And I think Mr. Amati, the the current chair of the Transparency Commission, he is going to try to help clarify whether or not judges, simply because you are a judge, that you have to file this affidavit of a public officer. That's I right. think I think there's some talk that because you are a member of the Council of Superior Court Judges, that makes you a public officer, not that whole election thing where people voted for you. So here's the simple rule of thumb. For right now, 
go ahead and file it. Okay? Absolutely. So, so the three, just to recap, the three we file with the Transparency Commission are the campaign disclosure, the personal financial disclosure, and the affidavit of public officer. And just remember, even though so the, the personal financial disclosure is an annual report and the affidavit of public officer is an annual report, the campaign one we'll talk about in a minute has to be filed at least twice a year, and we'll get more specific about that. Now, all of these things, whether they are annual or not or whatever, get filed at the same place. And I think they did change the name of the website slightly, but it's ethics.ga.gov. And there is that new filing system, so you have to sign in and get like a new password and all. That's right. So by the time that this uh, that this podcast goes out, hopefully everyone will already be signed up in the new system. But if you haven't, they're very helpful. Uh, I will tell you that I had to contact them to get a new password because I let mine expire uh, without signing up. And they were immediately got back to me, even though it was like the day before the filing deadline. So, Tane, we talked about the ones with ethics. What about the other one? Yeah. So the fourth required filing is filed with the Supreme Court of Georgia. Uh, that one required filing um, is what we call the Rule 3.15 report. That's an annual report that goes to the Supreme Court. And it basically reports on things like extrajudicial and quasi-judicial benefits. It includes things like honorariums and uh, gifts and compensations and, and, and that are outside of your judicial salary. And so the rule of thumb on that particular one is if it is something that either in one gift or in the aggregate from a single person or entity exceeds $500, you need to make a report on that. And there are some exceptions to that, and you can read up about them all on the website, but that's really what that report is mainly about. And that is filed at gasupreme.us slash rule 315 form slash. Um, <laughs> so uh, remember, all of this is going to be on our website at goodjudgepod.com. So the annual reports, the campaign contribution disclosure report that we frequently call a CCDR, that has to be filed every year, multiple times each year. But the actual schedule depends upon whether you, this is an election year or a non-election year, right? That's, that's exactly right. The personal financial disclosure has to be filed every year, period. That's right. And it has a deadline we're going to talk about because all the deadlines are different. I don't know why, but <laughs> all the deadlines are different. Go because ahead. they are, you know, because, because of course. That's right. And that's why I'm not going to, uh, spoiler alert, there's going to be a cheat sheet we're going to give you at the end of this, but go ahead. Oh, there. now they're not going to listen to Yeah, you. they will. Yeah, they will. Go ahead. An affidavit of a public officer. That's every year, at least for now. Right. Go, go Mr. Amati. And then finally, the Rule 3.15 report, that's every year. That's right. So let's, Tane, let's focus a minute on these annual campaign disclosure reports. Tell the people a little bit about those. Sure. So the, as we said, those are annual reports, and you will file them at least twice per year. I say at least because, as Wade said a minute ago, the requirements are different in your first year in office and also in your election year versus your non-election year. So first year, first campaign, you have to file some things that you probably won't ever have to file again. That's right. The declaration of intent to accept campaign contributions. That's right. The registration of your campaign committee mm -hmm. and the, the personal, personal identification number or PIN. 
application for e-filing. So That's basically, right. you've got to get an account, tell people you're going to accept money, and sort of identify your campaign. That's exactly right. And that's going to be, as Wade said, something that you're probably only going to do once, with the exception of if you should move from one court to a different court. So if you move from state court to superior court, for example, or magistrate court to superior court, you're going to need to get a new campaign and 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 name it a different thing and get a new pen and all of those things for, for that. So don't forget that you can't just Roll your money from one campaign over into another one and keep filing the same disclosure reports. Now, let's talk about um, when the campaign disclosure reports need to be filed. And again, we're going to give you some some cheat sheets on this so that you can keep these things straight. Let me volunteer to handle non-election year. Okay, go ahead, Wade. In a non-election year, that means you are not on the ballot this calendar year. Right. Okay? You've only got to file two, June 30th and December 31st. Period. That's right. That's right. So what about the election year, though, Tane? You tell them all about that. Sure. So in your election year, there are a multitude of reporting periods. And that makes sense because normally that's the time when you're, A, going to be collecting more money for a campaign, and B, it's more important for ethics to keep an eye on uh, on <laughs> on when and how we're collecting money and what we're doing with it. So in your election year, your deadlines or your reporting uh, periods end on January 31st, March 31st, June 30th, September 30th, October 25th, and December 31st. So think about that. This is if your campaign year is uh, 2024. Uh, then you will have to file all of those reporting periods. Now, this is something that some people get confused by. Just because your campaign is in May of that year and ends in May or June of that year doesn't mean you don't have to file those other reports. You have to file all the way through December 31st of your campaign year if it is the year of your election. And I know that that it perfectly well makes sense. Just understand that a lot of these at the end of the month until you get right down to the general election – and so the one in October is not going to be on Halloween with the election on Tuesday. Yeah. They make you do sort of a week out. Yeah. But but all the rest of them are at the end of the month. But again, all of these are going to be on the cheat sheet. Do not freak out. Don't That's don't wreck your car trying to make some notes in your little pad. Just yeah. just know they're going to be on goodjudgepod.com. And now we'll pause for a word from our sponsors. Folks, this is Wade and Tane. You're listening to the Good Judgment Podcast on the World Wide Web or wherever else you listen to these things. As always, you can find outlines for these podcast episodes as well as any supplemental materials on our website, which is goodjudgepod.com. We'd love to have your feedback about the podcast, and we get that at our email, goodjudgepod at gmail.com. We're always looking for suggested podcast topics. Please feel free to submit your suggestions to us at goodjudgepod at gmail.com. Operators are standing by. And remember, if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to like us and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And tell your friends it's how we get to grow our listenership. Thanks. And now back to the action. All right, Wade, I'm going to throw this one at you and let you do this. What's the weird rule? This this has never made sense to me, and I'm, we're going to try to explain it in a way that will make sense. And and we, we, I know that this makes sense to somebody, so I will apologize in advance to whomever came up with this idea. And let me before Wade says this, 
This only applies to the campaign disclosure report. Make Hammer that into your brain, because the reason it's weird to me is that all the other reporting periods are different. Yeah, because, because normally, Tane, in life, when you have a deadline, you have to do something before that deadline, right? That's right. Not with CCDRs. So explain that, way. So basically, with campaign disclosure reports, if you have a deadline the obligation to file must be after the deadline has passed. Let's say it this way, Wade. Let's say your reporting uh, deadline is January the 31st. Okay. okay? You cannot file it on January 30th. You can't file it on January 15th, which kind of makes sense because the time period we're reporting has not expired, right? You can't even file it on January the 31st before midnight. And I've, and I've made that mistake before, and we'll explain that in a minute. So if your deadline ends on January 31st, explain to everybody how that works. Well, Tan, you get a grace period, which is really illogical because grace make, makes it sound like you haven't earned that right. Remember, you can't file it on January 31st or before, but they give you a five-day grace period following the expiration date to which to file the 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 report. It probably ought so, to be filing I time. I don't not grace. I don't period. want to get in a big semantic battle with whoever came up with this. It's not a grace period. The filing period is the five days after the reporting period ends. Yeah, if there was another period after that, it might be the grace period. Yeah, that you can only pay a small fine and file. But it's not a grace period. But anyway, we digress. It's just semantics. You can't file until the time has run, and you have to file within the five days that immediately follow it. They call it a grace period. Don't get concerned about that. But make sure you you, you click the correct year. That's right. Have you done that? I have. I have And here's here's what I did. I tried to file it on January the 31st, and here's the problem, and this is a caveat for all of you out there. It will let you file. Because it will automatically put in the previous year for the January 31st report, and it will automatically amend your January 31st report of the previous year without giving you any warning. So I came up Unless to, you read it. Uh, well, but even then, I mean, you go through and file the report, and it, it will still say, you know, everything that needs to say except the year at the top will be wrong. And so... You won't know till the next reporting period comes up that you filed it in the wrong year. So I'm just warning you, be careful. Learn from my silly mistake. So now, now Tane has has been very explicit about this a while ago, and this is important. So that's campaign disclosure reports. Right. When you get to your personal financial disclosure, you actually have a six-month window to file it with zero grace period. Yes, right. So because you, think about it. That that is a reporting for previous year's finances. So in February of 2021, right. we were reporting for the year that ended December 31, 2020. That's right. Right? That's right. The COVID year. That's right. So that is a dealing with your financial situation candidate from the last year. Right. A cal- of calendar years. So let's talk about it because there's two different things with the uh, personal financial disclosure. In your non-election year... You must file any time between January 1st and July 1st. That's your reporting period. That's the only time you have. There's no grace period for that. And the filing is for the financial status, as I said, of the previous calendar year. In your election year, this is really important, folks, you must file that report within 15 days 
of qualifying. And if you're appointed to a, to a judgeship, your personal financial disclosure is due for the first full year that you hold office. So let's, let's break that down for yeah. just a minute. So, so w- even if you are an old head and you're running for re-election, mm-hmm. within 15 days of qualifying, you have to file that PFD, even if you otherwise would have until July 1st to file. That's exactly right. So if you qualify in March or whatever the qualifying period is, within 15 days of the day you qualify. So you got five days to qualify. If you qualify on Monday, the 15 days starts to run on Monday. If you qualify on Friday, it starts to run on Friday. And so that's usually like in March, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So so you're probably not going to get to July 1st on your election year. That's right. Now, Tane, if you're appointed, let's say that you were appointed in February, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Of Let's just come up with a year, 2009, mm-hmm. okay? That might be relevant to me. I don't know. So do I owe a financial disclosure in January to July of 2010? You do not, because it is for your first full year that you were on the bench. However, <laughs> Wade and I will tell you that when we are teaching new judges – about filing these reports, we tell them it's not going to hurt for you to file a report for that first year, even though you're not required to do so, because quite frankly, we want you to get in the habit of filing those reports. And so we tell people, I'd go ahead and file it. I mean, how many times do you tell somebody, I need you to remember this a year and a half from now? Exactly. You yeah. just don't do that very you often. You got right? appointed in January. You don't have to report next year, but the following year, you definitely have to file a report. I just think that makes no sense. All right. So Rule 3.15. Yeah. Let's talk about 3.15. 3.15 report. You've got to file it by April 15th each year. So tax day. Okay. Well, unless it's COVID, then they move that all over the place. Yeah, they did exactly. not move. They, they actually did move the three one five deadline. Did. But they anyway, don't, let's not get let's not get lost get on that. Come on. April fifteenth of every year, you have it's you're filing for the prior calendar year, right. and you have to file on the Supreme Court's website. Now, Tane, just you know, let's let's tell our people our tips. When whenever you're going to file all this stuff that's due either April fifteenth or July first or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do it all the same day. Exactly. And if you want to pick January 15th as your magic time, mm-hmm. then just file it all. I, I totally agree with you, Wade. I, uh, other than the campaign financial disclosures, right. which have certain deadlines you have to file on, I try to file all of these other reports on the same day, and it's usually sometime in, like, March, after the the the, the dust has settled from the previous Christmas and New Year's and, and, and all of that. I try to file these reports. And yeah, tell the folks about all those other reports if you get in one of these, you know, god-awful elections. Yeah, and, and we're only going to touch on this because you're going to have to go on the website and figure this stuff out if you need to, uh, if this applies to you. But there are other reports that are that are required, and these are campaign disclosure reports if you're in a special election or you're in a runoff. There are things called the two business day reports, which means you got money within two days of the date of, of the filing disclosure closing period. Um, also, if you leave office with funds in your account, you are required to file a closing report and disclose what you did with those funds. And then also a final report, which is, I'm done. I'm no longer a judge. I've closed down my campaign committee. And here's where all the money went that was in my uh, campaign my campaign file. Can you donate it to your buddy who's still serving in Augusta? Well... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there in, are, in, on the on the Superior Court bench, there are a number. 
if you have a buddy who's serving on that bench. Exactly. Um, but but there are a number of things you can do with those files. I mean, with those uh, monies, and we won't go into them here. Yeah, let's not go there. That, that's a really scary thing. But we've got a couple of other tips too, because <laughs> these are really important. And they may seem self-evident to some of you, but to some of our new judges, they were not self-evident. And, One, and people have missed them. They have. Pay your bar dues. Remember, you've got to be a lawyer to be a judge, and so you've got to pay your bar dues every year. Yeah, you're a lawyer. You have bar dues. And some for some of you, maybe your county pays it for you, or maybe somebody else pays it for you. Fine. But your but mom. <laughs> mom, mom might pay it. Um, but And you have to report that as, a, as yeah, an exactly. or whatever. Um, but, but understand... You are respon- You ultimately are responsible for that. So if you fail to pay them, you know, there are bad things happen. You know, Tane, this past year I had a new secretary for the first time in 22 years. Ooh. And we said, I, I told her to stop, get out the calendar. The first thing we're going to do is calendar <laughs> all of these dates, yes. all of these drop dead dates. And, and folks, that's what we urge you to do. And I urge you to calendar them in multiple places, hard calendar, Electronic phone, calendar, phone calendar, a calendar on your in your computer, reminder, on your desk, reminder, yeah. all of those things, uh, along with all of the website uh, links that we will give you on our website at goodjudgepod.com. So, folks, we hope that this is quick review is helpful for your yearly or annual filing requirements. As always, we have some cheat sheets suitable for framing or, or laminating. Yeah, at our website at goodjudgepod.com. We certainly hope that this reminder has helped to take some of the fear and loathing out of your filing requirements for years to come. As always, check in with us at goodjudgepod.com. Feel free to contact us at goodjudgepod at gmail.com. And with that, I am Wade Padgett. And I'm Tane Kell. File this episode under D for done. Well, folks, that's all we have for another exciting and enthralling topic here on the Good Judgment Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Good Judgment Podcast. This project was the brainchild of Mr. Doug Ashworth, the executive director of ICJE. Thanks and appreciation to the entire University of Georgia College of Law for assisting in our recording. Thanks to Mr. Stephen Turner and his company, Turner Up Media, who helped edit out some of our stupidity and awkwardness. But nobody can get it all. Tane and I are eternally grateful to the Council of Superior Court Judges who allow us to lead new judge orientation for the Superior Court Judges across Georgia. Thanks to our NJO graduates who've been willing to help with this podcast series. You know that these are our opinions, and they do not reflect the opinions of ICJE, CSCJ, the University of Georgia College of Law, or anybody else for that matter. You can contact us at goodjudgepod at gmail.com for any praise, but please contact someone else with any complaints. But seriously, we would love to have your feedback, both good and bad. Send any comments to goodjudgepod at gmail.com. You've been doing a great job doing that. We really appreciate the help. You can also visit our website at goodjudgepod.com for outlines and more details about our podcasts. Once again, I'm Wade Padgett. And I'm Tane Kell. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Good Judge Men Podcast.